In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out of the pit. Back against the wall, never quit. Traversing through each obstacle. Show a non-believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us to come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt. Been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's gonna be a crazy time, but it's gonna be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. It is December 30th, the final final feel good Friday of 2022 and the fantasy football season for most of us sane individuals playing into week 17. I can't believe we are here, but yes, we have made it. The in-between fantasy football podcast back with you. We've been here every step of the way from the, the very end of last season, all the way up to your fantasy football championships. And today is no different. Seth Woolcock back here steering the direction as we guide you to to your fantasy football championships. And I'm joined by a man who a lot of people, they refer to him as the goose to my maverick. That is a man who loves good music, better whiskey, but mediocre tight ends. Nate Polvote. Nathan, how are you today as we head towards 2023 and the conclusion of the fantasy football season? Man, I am sweating it in three championships. I accidentally... This is what happens when you're in too many leagues and you have too much going on. I left Tony Pollard in the lineup last night. Oh, I know man. it kills me too. And it's a, it's a, uh, an orphan that Jen and I took over last year. That was terrible. Our only quarterback was Deshaun Watson going into the season last season. We turned it around. We were the best team in the league. So I'm a little bummed, but it's against uh, Doug, the fantasy moose. For those of you who know who he is, um, big charity guy. It's one of his leagues and I'm up against him. So best of luck to Doug. I, I'm kind of, I'm okay with it. Whichever one of us wins is fine. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm sweating out a couple fantasy football championships as well um, this week. So I'm excited to see how those play out. We hope everyone in the audience, we hope you guys are sweating some out. Or if you're not, you're just along for the ride. And we greatly appreciate that. Today on the show, we're not going to do a Thursday night football recap because most of the fantasy relevant players did not play last night. So we're not going to get into that. However, we are going to talk about some of the news that has broke since our Tuesday show. Derek Carr, what's going on with him? What should we expect from Jalen Hurts if he's suits up or Gardner Minshew if he does get the call once again for the Philadelphia Eagles and then Nate we do have some exciting guests coming on today as well if you'd like to uh, kind of give them the rundown for the guests of the day we really do so for our start sit manage matchup management excuse me we have the one the only the pros with Joe's green screen media Eric Romoff with us and then for short things sleepers of the week the godfather of fantasy football analysis the one and only football diehard Bob Harris Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Eric and Bob, they rode with us a couple episodes yes. this season, so we really appreciate them coming back in to round out the season with us. I also appreciate the in-between media family, the IBT family for short. We got Albert back in the chat already saying good afternoon, IBT. Good afternoon to you, Albert. Appreciate you tuning in today. Last night as well as over on the Trade Addicts podcast, so I appreciate you uh, being with us there and uh, today as well. 
And if you guys are new to the IBT family, welcome in. This is our lifestyle blended show with some fantasy sports analysis. Uh, we want to build a community. That's what we wanted to do in 2022, Nate. Uh, 2021, we had a lot of sponsorships. We were generating a, a little more income, to be honest, with, with our listeners. But this year, we wanted to scale that back and just really build a community around our content. And I think we've done just that, our friend. We definitely have. This is the best community in the fantasy sports industry. I will fight that tooth and nail. I love our in-between family. It's been a great season. And you guys, thank you so much for tuning in every week and riding with Seth and I, whether it's on Tuesdays or Fridays or the holiday show. Uh, we appreciate it. We greatly do appreciate doing small things like giving videos a thumbs up, tuning in at the beginning of streams. It really does help us continue to grow. So I want you guys to feel like this channel is your channel as much as it is our channel. So please continue to support us here in the off season. We'll still be weekly um, throughout the postseason, uh, NASCAR season right around the corner, uh, PGA season as well. So a lot of fun stuff we have up our sleeves for you guys. Nate, let's uh, jump into front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place to have some fun? Ain't gotta worry about something not what it means. Come and give me another, cause the night is young. All right, I'm in the mood now, baby. Front and center. Nate, I want to start with a big headline here of the week, and it was Derek Carr. He is benched by the Raiders for Jared Stidham. Of course, Stidham, he had his stint in New England, um, but never really got the shot to be the full-on starter. Mac Jones drafted in 2020 when we thought maybe uh, JS was the guy. And let's be let's be clear about this. This is a move by the organization. They are protecting themselves because if Derek Carr cannot pass a physical going into next year, his contract is guaranteed and partially guaranteed going into 2024. So they're protecting themselves if and they probably do uh, want to move off Derek Carr. I don't know what this means for Josh McDaniels. I think this was something that ownership kind of forced his hand into doing because I don't think McDaniels wants to lose any more games. So. Nate, what are your overall thoughts on this offense moving forward? Can we trust any of these guys, Renfro, Waller, or Devontae Adams? They're playing the 49ers, who have actually been a plus matchup in recent weeks to wide receivers. But Devontae Adams, the one you're really excited to get into your lineup most weeks, wide receiver 60 over the last three weeks. So he's been hard to start. Where do you have him? Is he a flex play for you? Is he a wide receiver too? Is he not in your starting lineups at all? How do you feel about him? Um, I would like to point out as well, he has played with backup quarterbacks before. He's no no stranger to it. Jordan Love last season, he was 6 for 42, got you 10 fantasy points on 14 targets. So do they look to, to Adams more with a backup quarterback or how do you think it shakes out, my friend? This is a very confusing situation. I didn't think no matter how bad Derek Carr played this season that we'd see Jarrett Stidham start if Carr was healthy. It's obviously frustrated Carr as he stepped away from the team. What is? I don't think you can trust Renfro. I think maybe Waller's okay. Uh, Devontae Adams is a flex at best this week. He's not a wide receiver one or wide receiver two, I don't think, with Stidham, especially against San Francisco. And I feel like this team's going to try to run the ball more. I just I don't see them throwing much against San Francisco. And the thing about Devontae Adams is, like, he's had a good season when you look at the stats, Nate, overall. 
But a lot of this has been a little bit fluky. Like a lot of it's getting past like wide open coverage, finding that late in games for a junk garbage time touchdown. So he could very well do that again here with playing the 49ers. There's going to be some garbage time. We absolutely know that. So I still think the, he has some upside here, but I don't think he has the 30 point upside that he once no. had. If you're playing him, you're looking for 10 to 15 points from him. Maybe he catches a touchdown, goes over that 20 threshold. But I, you know, I think you said it best. He's a flex here this week for me. Um, it's just not not something I really want to be a part of, honestly. Well, what's concerning for me is that eight points, four points, two points. He doesn't have a safe floor anymore. There's no safe floor for Devontae Adams. We've seen it the last three weeks where he's just put in these huge performances. And now you're throwing in Jarrett Stidham. That's really concerning to me. Yeah, I mean, he does have some chemistry with jo- Josh McDaniels there. Um, I, I kind of rode Jared Stidham actually in a couple preseason bets, some DFS lineups. He was fun to root for then, but this isn't that time. So be cautious. Be cautious with Devontae Adams. As far as Renfro, I think he could be kind of a sneaky flex as well. You know, he's still a sleeper to me. I don't want any part of Darren Waller, Nate. I think there's better options out there at tight end. Well, I'm definitely not starting Waller. <clears throat> I have him rostered in a couple of these championships that I'm in, and I'm not playing him. Um, I'm starting Cole Komet over him in one, which, I mean, who would have thought that would happen? But given the situation, I don't really feel like I have a choice. I get what you're saying about Renfro because he covers that short-range middle of the field. So he might have – but he's not going to score a touchdown. I mean, we're looking at Renfro with, what, three, four catches. He might get to 40 yards. I mean, that's yeah, seven I- PPR points, but – You've got you if you're in the championships, you have better options at wide receiver than Hunter Renfro. You don't need to risk it. Completely agree. We're getting some questions in, guys. Keep those coming. Um, we will get to those in just our next segment here. And uh, so, so overall, Nate, I, I think you know you're starting Josh Jacobs. If you want to flex Devontae Adams, you can. If you're in the championship, you probably don't want to go the rest of the options here. Yep. Let's move on to Jalen Hurts, guys. He has been not cleared to play yet. Um, He was limited in practice Thursday. We're getting reports out early in Friday that he looks good throwing it. But Nick Sirianni still in no rush to name a starter here for week number 17. And here's the deal with the Eagles, guys. They need to win one of these next two matchups to secure the number one seat, secure the NFC uh, East title over there. How do you feel about this, Nate? How do you feel about this? Because I personally would rather see Gardner Minshew play this week for from a fantasy standpoint, not because Gardner Minshew is a better quarterback or has a higher ceiling, but there's less risk with Gardner Minshew starting this game because maybe they get up early against the Saints. They pull Hurts in the second half, late third quarter, something like that. How do you feel about this? Because the Saints, they've been a bottom nine matchup against QBs for the last month here. So I don't think Sirianni is stupid enough to roll Hertz out this week. There's literally no reason. Minshew has been more than serviceable. He was QB five last week in fantasy. From a football standpoint, yeah. I don't want to see. I don't want to see Hertz on the field. It doesn't make any sense. From a fantasy standpoint, I don't want to see Hertz on the field because, like you said, if they get up early, they're going to pull him and go back to Minshew. So I just hope that I just hope they don't activate him. Don't play him. There's no reason to do it over these next two weeks. Let Minshew carry you to the playoffs, which he will do, and let Hurts be fresh. 
Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that might like I think Hertz is in Sirianni's ear because Hertz wants to win that MVP trophy, man. Like I sure. think that, that's maybe what could be in his ear there. Um, but I completely understand the analysis. So for me, if Gardner Minshew is a starter um this week for the NFL, he is a starter for me in fantasy, a QB one option, low end at that. And if Jalen Hurts plays, you kind of have to play him unless you have another elite option, I think, out right. there because we know what the ceiling is. Um, but just just be aware play some other people in your lineup who are floor plays to make sure you're not bottoming out there if Hurts is pulled early here. Nate, last headline for us quickly is Lamar Jackson. He is not going to play this week, it's looking like. Logs his 11th straight, do not practice yesterday. Tyler Huntley's the man once again here, but Huntley has not been reliable for fantasy, averaging 9.3 fantasy points in his starts this season. The Pittsburgh Steelers, third stingiest matchup against QBs in the last month and running backs in the last month. So I don't want to go anywhere near this Pittsburgh Steelers defense that, dare I say it, we're seeing uh, shades of the steel curtain come back, boys. So uh, bottom eight defense against tight ends as well. Aside from Mark Andrews, are you playing anyone in this Baltimore offense, Nate? No, and I'm even kind of having reservations about ruling out Andrews. And Because if you're, if you're an Andrews manager and you've got him rostered, you've had to pivot all season long with him being hurt and you've had to go another direction. So you probably have another option. That other option that you picked up as a streaming option is probably a more reliable. I mean, if you need a huge week out of that tight end position, you start Andrews because he has yep. the boom potential. Just realize but, what the floor is. It's 3.7 yep. PPR points. That's what he had last time when he faced the Steelers just in week yep. 14. And without Lamar, without Devin Duvernay out there, without all these other weapons, they're going to be keying in on J.K. Dobbins. They're going to be keying in on Gus Edwards. So I'm not excited to start either one of those players. You're looking for a home run run from Dobbins if you start him, which I'm not confident he can get done here against the Lures. Um, and Mark Andrews, like I have him in one championship league this week, and I kind of have to roll him out just because I have no other options as a tight end premium league. So every other tight end is rostered. But I'm making accommodations otherwhere in my lineup to make sure I have a good floor. That's a league I actually have Adams and Nate, and I'm benching Adams for Garrett Wilson because I think Wilson has the higher floor with Mike White coming back. So those are the decisions you guys need to be making. Yeah. Um, just keep that in mind here. So, uh, guys, keep an eye out on the news. It is changing rapidly, rapidly in Week 17. A lot of people have locked off, locked up playoff spots. There's not a lot to play for in some sense this week. So just be aware of that um, heading into the weekend here. And let's go ahead and jump over to our next segment, Matchup Management. Who you got? Matchup Management. Who's it going to be? Who? That is the question today. Who's it going to be? And we're going to tell you that. And to do that, we're, we are joined by who? someone who's really become a mainstead of this show. He's the founder of Pros with Joes. He's the founder of a Green Screens Media. He is the man, Eric Romo. Hey. What's up, Eric? What's up, gang? Seth over here flexing his feature as a boxing ring announcer. I know, hey, right? I, I've been those, uh, those buffers better watch out. Seth I'm, coming. I was that friend who I was the least athletic friend in my friend group. So I was the one, if we were playing some, some basketball, sometimes we were playing other games. I was the commentator. So, you know, I was the mouth on the sideline flexing it up. So Eric, how are you doing today, man? How are the week 17 vibes hitting you? New Year's Eve also right around the corner, my friend. I'm doing good. I'm a uh, silence from week 17s and would like to admit 
got a lot of uh, got a lot of Devonte Adams teams. Got a lot yes, of sir. Travis Etienne teams, and that didn't play out in my favor in a lot of my in a lot of my playoff matchups. So got one or two where I'm still in the mix, but it's a uh, it's a fairly light load. I'm I'm able to really dig in on the overall analysis this week. There we go. That's why we brought you in, man. I figured, hey, who who's not in a lot of fantasy football championships this week? It's <laughs> we my guy, Eric Romoff. We're bringing Just... you in. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, how's the season been overall for you, man? Any, like, takeaways you have? Because I feel like the last two seasons have been pretty weird with COVID and trying to dodge everything that's been coming that way. But this was a weird year, too. A lot of quarterback play dropping off, injuries left and right. Any, any t- takeaways you kind of are feeling heading into 2023 here? Yeah, it, it really has to do with that sob story I shared about my my playoff teams. And that is, you know, really making it a point to diversify your exposure, right? Um, you know, over the course of the beginning of the season, through waiver wire, through trades, I ended up with a lot of teams that looked really, really similar. A lot of Devontae Adams, a lot of Same Steph here. Diggs, a lot of Travis Etienne, right? So, you know, you're able to go out there and buy low on certain players and you should make that a priority. But I really just got to a pretty comfortable spot with those teams and didn't stay as aggressive churning over the backside of my roster, trying to find ways to differentiate these teams from one another. So that's that's really the big takeaway, right? Because guys that seem like they are a lock for top five, top ten finishes every week yeah. can all of a sudden pee down their leg and you're sitting on the sidelines in the playoffs, right? So you really have to make it a point to kind of you know balance your exposure so that if the other side of the coin is the one that pops up, you're not left out in the cold yeah a lot of inconsistency we're seeing across the board from players this season speaking of your guy travis Etienne, you just talked about first question of the day coming in from our guy albert pick two full ppr connor stevenson etn how are you feeling about etn this week um jacksonville they've been hot on a run but they don't have a lot to play for this week eric yeah i'm i'm probably sending etn to the bench out of that lot um you know really this this recent tear for the Jaguars has been much more to do about their passing game than it has been about their ground attack. So ETN profiles is a type of player that should have a pretty considerable role, even when they are passing more often, but he just he hasn't quite been getting it done, right? That volume hasn't been where it was in the middle point of the season. And that makes him really hard to trust in, in a, in the championship context. Yeah, and I like the matchup for James Conner here, Nate, going up against the Falcons. I think this is going to be a keep it on the ball away from some shabby quarterbacks type of games. And uh, Patriots, of course, going up against the Dolphins. The only thing they can do right for the Patriots seems like to get the ball in Ramondre's hands. So I'm agreeing with uh, Eric here. Do you have any reservations? I mean, I really like the matchup for Etienne, but it's going to be Conner and Stevenson for me. I mean, Eric, you made a good point. They don't have a ton to play for this week, so they're probably going to kind of pump the brakes on some of these bigger name players that have been more contr- more contributors because they have a chance at the playoffs. You want to keep these guys fresh. This is a week where you can do it against a pretty bad Houston team. So I think Connor and Stevenson is the play here. And ETN ceiling guys, like honestly, over the last back half of the season, it's not what it was when we first saw J-Rob get traded. Eric, you probably know that firsthand. So maybe we see that in 2023 come back a little bit, but definitely like the question here, Albert. Love the analysis from my guys here. Um, Here we have a question from Andrea. Good to see you in the chat today, Andrea. Thanks so much for making us a part of your busy Friday. Hope you're subscribed to the channel. Need two, DJ Moore, Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy. 
I don't know how we sit Devonta Smith, boys. He has been on a tear. It doesn't matter the quarterback um, that's out there with him. Jerry Judy actually also been excellent down the stretch here. Nate, where do you go here? Um, DJ Moore, though, been very serviceable with Mr. Sam Darnold back there as well. Yeah, this is actually more difficult than it would have been for me, say, four or five weeks ago, because, again, Jerry's been coming on strong. He's the wide receiver one in the Denver offense. He is overtaking Cortland Sutton. DJ Moore. All of a sudden, he's been pretty good with Sam Darnold. This Carolina team's rolling. And then Devontae Smith, I think, is probably the one I'm going to bench. I really like him this week. I know. I like him this week. But, dude, okay, so with the Broncos, it was between DJ Moore's, I think, is a must-start because this is a must-win game against Tampa Bay. And they're going to do everything they can to beat Tampa Bay because this could get them in the playoffs. These last two weeks can get them in the playoffs. It's also a must-win for for the Eagles, though, to clinch that playoff spot. Sure. Two buys in a row. Sure. So I'm going to go off of the interim coach principle. The first game, any team has an interim coach. There's like this extra charge. We saw it with Indy earlier this season with Jeff Saturday. Broncos have a new interim head coach. Jerry Judy had a huge week against Kansas City. He is going to have a massive week again against Kansas City because the press has been trashing Russell Wilson. It pissed this team off and they're just fired up. They're not going to beat Kansas City, but they're going to make it close like they did last time they played. I think Judy has 30-plus points this week. I'm okay with, with your call with, with Jerry Judy going off uh, with under Jerry Roseberg here, but I am not okay with the Sam Darnold crack you're smoking right now, Nate. I'm, I'm not, not ben- saying he's great. I'm not benching Devonta Smith. There's no way in hell I'm benching him. He got you here. I'm dancing with the guy who got me here. Eric, how do you Fair feel point. about uh, Nate's take here? Can you bench Devonta Smith after a awesome game last week? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna keep the the cliches going. You uh, you, you don't leave the table when you're on a heater, and Devonta Smith is on True. an absolute tear right now. I mean, if if you look at it really from week ten and on eight or more targets in each of his games, getting a ton of looks in the red zone as well. I mean, the, the, his, his role in this, in this, you know, kind of back half Eagles offense is absolutely the stuff that fantasy dreams are made out of. DJ Moore has been playing better with Sam Darnold of late, but really with him, you're looking at touchdown or bust, right? Um, he's somewhere in the kind of five and a half to six targets on average range over these last handful of games. He's seen some red zone looks, but basically He's either scoring a touchdown and then he's pushing for top 15 or top 10 upside even, or he's not. And he's, you know, way down in the doldrums of that kind of mid thirties range. So, you know, a a little bit more volatility with more relative to uh, relative to Smith. So I'd go Smith there. And I I agree with Jerry Judy, 10 targets last week. Uh, I completely subscribe to the dead, the dead cat bounce theory, right? You see that interim coach come in and all of a sudden the guys hustle up and play a little bit better than they had through most of the season. Probably the case again. And that matchup against Kansas City is super favorable, right? Teams are having to throw against them. And I think that'll be the case again with with Denver this week. Devonta Smith here, just to give you a little more confidence, Andrea. Devonta Smith has had three out of four games over 100 yards, four touchdowns in those uh, last four games as well. So I think he's an electric player. I'm not benching him. DJ Moore's floor is the lowest two out of this, guys. Like, they could lay a stinker. I know a lot's on the line for them, but I think it, they could lay a stinker. It is the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold, which we're talking about, remember. So love the question there, for Andrea. Nate saying bench Smith. I am saying, uh, me and Eric are saying bench DJ Moore this week. Here we have another one from Andrea. She's asking, she needs two here. McKinnon, Akers, Brian Robinson, Rashad White. 
McKinnon's been on a heater too, Eric. He he's gotten a lot a lot of people to this point in their championship matchups. Mixon, it's hard to bench him, but Cameron Cameron Akers, man, he he's back on the hot hot hand after last week. Brian Robinson's going to get the start here. No uh, no Antonio Gibson as well. Rashad White, he's been sketchy as of late. How do you feel about this this lot here? Really good group. I can see why she's probably in her championship. Yep. Yeah, she's very clearly playing for a championship for a reason. This is this is a, a really solid group of running backs. For for me, I'll probably go on a bit more of the conservative side and follow the volume that has Mixon in the mix there. Um, Buffalo is a tough matchup, but Mixon is involved in this offense in a number of different ways. And of the rest, I'm probably going to go with Brian Robinson, right? I mean, Washington has really become one of the more run-heavy teams over the back third or so of the season. Now we've got Antonio Gibson out of the way, um, and Brian Robinson should see all the work that he can handle, right? I mean, this is kind of the guy that we were all hyping up over the course of the, the offseason, obviously, before he got shot. Um, <laughs> and if he if he comes in and sees, you know, 20-plus touches, he can he can be an absolute league winner. So those are the two that I'm, I'm going for, but it's, it's a strong lot no, no matter how you slice it. All right, so Eric is going gunshot B-Rob and Mixon here, if I heard that correctly. Nate, how do you feel about this lot? Because, I mean, dude, it's hard to sit Acres after what he just did. A right. couple tutties for him. And uh, McKinnon, I mean, again, he got her here too. So I'm probably going McKinnon because of the Denver matchup and what he did against Denver last time they played. <clears throat> Massive game for McKinnon. I think he does it again, especially at home. And then I'm going to go Acres here. I'm a little concerned. We haven't seen Mixon over 10 P- or over like 15 PPR points the last few weeks. This is a game script where I think they throw the ball more, and we'll get to that on my short thing sleepers. And Brian Robinson concerns me too with Wentz coming in. He had 22 carries last week, but he only had 58 yards and did get a touchdown. I know that was against San Francisco, but anytime Carson Wentz is on the field, it concerns me for all of the parts around him because he's an inefficient quarterback. So like we're talking about like fumbled. It's not just the offensive scheme with Wentz in. It's the drop snaps, the poor handoff attempts, the bad throws. Are they going to have the ball enough to run it? I'm re- that really does concern me. Are they going to have the ball enough for Robinson to see that kind of volume against Cleveland? They might not. I completely agree with your analysis on Brian Robinson there, Nate. I, I don't think he's a trap play, but I don't think the ceiling is as high as maybe we want in our fantasy football championships here. I would be starting McKinnon and Mixon. Again, I think you're smoking a little too much acres crack here, Nate. Um, <laughs> Mixon's been excellent. Like seven receptions last week, five the week before. His floor is so sturdy. I don't think you can sit him, especially when he has that 40-point, 50-point ceiling, as we saw earlier in the season as well. So I'm going Mixon and McKinnon here, um, probably the two most popular ones. So to kind of break this down for you, Andrea, you had two votes for McKinnon, two for Mixon, one for Akers, and one for Robinson, I think is how we shook out here. Eric, any closing thoughts on on this group of running backs here? Because I mean, it really is just a, a great group. Any any additional analysis you can add for Andrea? Yeah, I can kind of speak to my decision with McKinnon. He 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 would technically mm-hmm. be be third on this list for me. Okay. I mean, the reality is he's he's still the passing down back in this offense, right? So when I when I mentioned volume as kind of the qualifier to my answer, I mean, it's not a sure thing that he sees ten carries in this game, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the the game scripts, the way that they've utilized him. You know, Andy Andy Reid is fantastic about getting the ball into running backs' hands in space, which is what we love to see for as fantasy managers. But there could also be a world where he doesn't break that long one. 
they get up big and they're they're going to more of the between the tackles running against uh nate's nate's sad broncos <laughs> yeah um, so it's just that there are a few more question marks about the volume and volume is is really king for me whenever i'm making these close decisions okay okay awesome awesome andrea andrea saying yes i am i think she's referring to she is in her fantasy football championship congrats to you thanks again thanks again for the question andrea we greatly appreciate you making time for us on your busy holiday weekend here here we got a question from our guy mr scampers Hope he's in some fantasy football championships. I know he's a D-Gen, so I'm sure he is. Um, half PPR for scampers here. Sit one, A.J. Dillon, been on an absolute tear lately. Juju Smith-Schuster, been inconsistent as of late. Saw eight receptions two weeks ago, back down to three this last week. Devin Singletary, I like Devin Singletary. I like the usage, but it is a tougher matchup here this week. And then old Christian Kirk back in the mix as well. Eric, do you have a strong lean right away? I know these are some like... A lot of these guys feel like they're in a similar tier to me, but there is one that st- sticks out, I think, as a bench. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a strong lean one way or the other. A lot of it's going to have to do with what we see out of the practice report later today for the Packers. Obviously, if Aaron Jones is out, that really makes things a lot easier and puts puts A.J. Dillon back in this starting rotation for me. He's gotten limited practices in both of his Wednesday and Thursday outings, so if he gets to full or even if he gets to limited, there's still some hope that we see Aaron Jones. Assuming that Jones plays, I'm probably sitting Singletary here. You know, solid volume, but this matchup against the the Bengals is is not easy, right? And to your point on the last question, Nate, I think that this is going to be a bit more of a high-scoring affair, right? Usually with the Bills specifically, whenever they are in closer games, they're typically throwing a bit more, right? It's, it's only when they're up by a considerable margin that you see them run more heavily. So... I think there are a few things working against Singletary here. So as we sit today, he's the one that's hitting the bench for me. I'm benching Singletary. I just don't think this is his week. He had a nice 20-point game last week against Chicago, but this is a totally different matchup. This is more of a James Cook-type game script, I believe, this week. I think we're going to see a lot more of James Cook than we see of Devin Singletary. Because, again, like Eric said, they're not going to be up. When they're up and they have a pretty solid lead, we we see Devin Singletary on the field. This is a very good team that they're playing in Cincinnati, this is going to be a scoring fest. And I think that James Cook is the one to play. Singletary is the one you batch out of Buffalo. I like Dylan, regardless of Aaron Jones being on the field. He's proven that he has standalone value. He doesn't need Jones to be on the bench. And Juju, I, I mean, it's a division game. It's hard for me to sit him against the Broncos. Okay. What about Christian Kirk? Like, I think there is some merit to bench Christian Kirk. Again, this isn't a game the Jaguars necessarily need this week. Christian Kirk, he laid a stinker last week, three receptions, 22 yards. Any consideration benching benching Kirk here, Eric? I mean, I I think what you said is the the basis of the argument to be made for it. Um, I'm not necessarily going there, right? Um, I, I also, I don't necessarily subscribe to the, you know, this game is meaningless and therefore all of the fantasy pieces are going mm-hmm. to have down weeks, right? You know, you can make an argument that that was the case for the game we saw last night, right? Um, and yeah. we we still saw, you know, plenty of usage in a pretty similar role for the pieces that we were firing up in our, our fantasy championship. So, you know, I'd, I'd probably kind of dampen that, um, you know, that argument a little bit, but also... And this is this is pure narrative street. So take it take it for what you will. 
my guy Doug Peterson is out there coaching on vibes, right? Like he knows there's a ton of momentum yeah. with this team. He knows that they are still fine-tuning what they, you know, what they've captured over these last six or seven weeks. And he wants to make a playoff run. I don't think that he's gonna risk, you know, that rhythm that this offense is in for the sake of you know, it being kind of a meaningless game. And if, if you want to try some new stuff out, no better team to do it against than the Texans. So um, <laughs> again, narrative street, we're taking a fun walk down, but that's kind of the the way that I'm making sense of my minute or so in Doug Peterson's head. Okay. Yeah. I was definitely bouncing around on this question because this is a really close one for me. I think you guys talked me into bench and Devin Singletary. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in there for a touchdown maybe. Um, but I think that the floor is just a lot higher with the rest of these pieces. Yeah. So that's where I'm going with my fantasy football championship. Um, guys, we're going to bounce here in just a minute over to our next segment, Sure Things Sleepers of the Week with Bob Harris. But Eric, before we do, I just want to give the floor to you, man. I, I can't thank you enough, man. I I get a hold of you at strange times to come on this show. Uh, I'm never prompt with my uh, with my asking you to guess. So thank you so much for always uh, agreeing to come on with us last minute and just throughout the season, man. Like it really has been a blessing, not only to have your fantasy analysis with us, but also just to hear, uh, you know, hear hear your voice and uh, learn more about you and, and become a friend with you, man. So thank you. Yeah, I I absolutely love my my swings through the show. Definitely uh have have loved and appreciated getting to know both of you and, and the ibt family a little bit more over the course of the season and the the first thing i said when you hit me up at an obscure time to join today said never change i i love <laughs> i love the spontaneity of hey we're doing something tomorrow or in a few hours are you in i mean i'm i'm the person that like someone pulls up and they're like no time to explain get in i'm just gonna get in let's in. go so, okay um always down to ride love love swinging through ibt Awesome, Eric. Well, well, those are the best memories or the, the nights you don't plan, the days you don't plan. So I greatly appreciate you, Eric. You guys, follow him over um, on the Twitter bird at Fantasy Nav. Green Screens Media also kind of popping up now a little bit. You guys are getting some good DFS and betting advice as well. So give a little plug for that as well, Eric. Yeah, Green Screens Media, DFS and betting is the best way to put it. We generally talk more about some of the niche sports um, we just wrapped up a bunch of World Cup coverage. We're uh, we're ramping up all of our college basketball coverage. We're somehow only like three months away from March Madness. A little bit of NASCAR, a little bit of golf, right? So, go, baby. Uh, really, really trying to offer some, uh, you know, some some angles on some of the lesser covered sports, so that when football ramps down, you can still add to your bankroll. Awesome. Well, Eric, thank you so much for being uh, with us today, guys. Go over to Green Screens Media on YouTube here. Subscribe to them as well. Eric, thank you so much. Have a great New Year's Eve, man. Thanks, boys. Happy New Year. Thank you. All right. Great to hear from Eric. Let's go ahead and jump into some sure things, sleepers of the week. It's the sure thing, sleepers of the week. All right, this is your thing, sure thing, sleepers of the week. Nate, you have the title with insight, my friend. With a correct sure thing sleeper this week, you take home the crown of the season. But the competition is fierce this week for you. We have an FSW Hall of Famer. He's the man behind football diehards, the goat of the fantasy football industry, and just a great human overall. Guys, please help us welcome in Mr. Bob Harris. How are you doing today, Bob? Well, wait a minute. Nobody told me I had to follow Romoff, number one. That's <laughs> and number two, Eric, what is this when football ramps down? When does this happen? I'm yeah. not aware that this is actually a thing. I don't know that it ramps down whatsoever, sir. 
It certainly doesn't ramp down in my world. No, no, absolutely not. Nate's also managing 25 dynasty teams, though, so I don't think it can ever <laughs> ramp down. Bob, how are you doing today, man? How are the Friday, New Year's Eve uh, vibes hitting you? Uh, I'm not there yet. I'm I'm caught in the uh, Friday grinder of news. We've got things breaking as we were coming on with Colt McCoy ruled out. David Blue getting to start for the Arizona Cardinals. Issues with DeAndre Hopkins. All kinds of things going on at the moment. So love that part. Hello, Andrea. Uh, always great to see everyone here. Great for you guys to invite me, and uh, and uh, I might have a sleeper, maybe. Okay, okay. Nate, Nate can win the title here, Bob, and I don't want Nate to win the title. Our guests can also win the title if they hit correctly today, and Nate does not. So uh, I'm very intrigued by this. Bob, you've, you've delivered some really good short thing sleepers throughout the season. Who do you have for week number 17? No pressure, but it is the most pivotal week of the fantasy football season thus far and for the season. I'm going with the guy who's wide receiver 11 over the last month of the season. Uh, the man picked up off waivers from the Buffalo Bills. His connection with Brian Dable, stout and strong. Isaiah Hodgins is it, man. Uh, look, he, he's uh, he's what he's coming off a game with a career high eight, catching eight of 11 targets, 89 yards. He has a touchdown. Five of his eight receptions that game had first downs. Had a career-long 29-yard catch in the second quarter. But he's got 100% of the Giants' end zone targets uh, in the last five games. I mean, yes, sir. what else could you ask for? It's not a horrible matchup here. Uh, I'm going to go all in on this. And, and and just everyone out there, you know, check the trends. The trend's your friend. Uh, they say that somewhere. Um, but you look at these players who are a little off schedule and look at their production. We've got to divorce the name from the numbers at some point. I know it's tough when you're heading into championship weeks uh, to play some of the outlier players. Um, some of these guys are very good. I and mean, Isaiah Hodgins has been rock solid over the last month. Okay. Okay. I love this call, Bob, so much that I, he's also my short thing sleeper of the week. <laughs> I'm doubling down with you. I'm right on Isaiah Hodgins. So if you win this week, I win as well. Hopefully other people do. I like it the when Colts we all have, win. The Colts yeah. have been the best matchup, boys, for four wide receivers over the last month. Danny Dimes coming off a career high in completions. He's dealing right now. Hodgins saw 12 targets last week. And like, this is a weird case where I don't like, I love advanced metrics, but for some reason he is number one in average cushion allowed per route run at 5.81 yards. So the cornerbacks, the opposing teams are not taking him serious and he's burning them. So I really like what Hodgins could do. He's making the most out of the opportunity from Daniel Jones, 88.1 catchable target rate, six overall in the NFL. So I'm rolling with Hodgins here, Bob. I love the call. I feel like, so when we came into the season, and we probably talked about this at some point, you know, it was Brian Dable was going to make this offense better. I thought it was a low bar. I mean, it was going to be better, but how much better? He's made it noticeably better, thanks to, in large part, to Saquon Barkley. But, you know, you think about what this receiving core was expected to be going into the season. Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius yes. Tony, all these pieces that probably people drafted. And none of the pieces that anybody drafted are now the pieces and they're faring well. Like Richie James is a wide receiver too right now over the last month. He's been delivering about, I want to say he's right around 24, somewhere in that range. And and Darius Slayton's like low man on the totem pole, but not that far behind. Like there are three viable plays, but this also makes me believe, and this, I might be getting too far in front of this one, uh, that Daniel Jones, Brian Dable sees something in Daniel Jones. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. I see it too, even in like the last game plays that, one play in particular stood out that probably in previous years would have been a turnover, but wasn't right. I mean, he just seems to be making a little better decision. So uh, look, people coaching matters and Brian Dayball might be a good coach. Although he looks like a cartoon character when he pulls <laughs> the hoodie up and with the pointy little chin thing. 
I completely agree with you, Bob. And like, I was one of those guys. I kind of went at the end of a lot of redrafts uh, in some keeper leagues. I took Kenny Galladay in the late rounds thinking that he could have the bounce back Stephon Diggs had. Didn't work out that way, but it's been fun to see Daniel Jones become a viable quarterback, not only for fantasy, but in the NFL as well, limiting those turnovers. So Bob and I, we're rolling Isaiah Hodgins. He's been excellent last month. Nate. Okay, Nate waiting so thing. patiently. Like he, he knows he's got something in the hopper. He's just gonna drop <laughs> it and crush us. Well, first I want to I want I love this Hodgins call. I've I've written about him a couple times you this have, season yes. as someone that you yes. really needed to be rostering. People still didn't listen, and now look where we are. He's been phenomenal these last four weeks for the Giants, and he's possibly a league winning wide receiver at this point. It, it's so weird that this is what we have in New York. Not anywhere near like what you guys said, what we thought we were going to get. So I really love this call. I'm going to get weird, but I think this weird is going to work. Like you're going to get weird. Like when are you going to stop? I thought was the, uh, (laughs) that's a good point. I will never stop being weird. It's what keeps me young, Bob. Um, I'm going Trent Irwin this week, wide receiver, Cincinnati Bengals that literally no one had heard of before like week 10. Um, His previous career high snaps in a season was 98. He's over 200 this year. He had 18 PPR. He had 18 PPR points last week. He has pissed off every Tyler Boyd manager on the planet at this point. Seth, me. Also those betting on Tyler Boyd. I've, I've had the anytime TV bet locked in two out of the last three weeks has not come to fruition. Thank you, Tyler Boyd. So Trent Irwin, I don't know why this is working but he's become this deep threat for Burrow. Two touchdowns last week. He's just been more involved. Like, not a ton of volume, not a huge snap share. But when he's out there, he's getting those. He's getting open deep, and he's scoring touchdowns. Against Buffalo, as we kind of discussed earlier, this is going to be a shootout of a game. The ball's going to be in the air on both sides. They're going to be throwing a ton. It's going to be high scoring. I like Trent Nerwin for at least a touchdown, if not two this week. He almost had a third one last week. He almost broke off a third touchdown. I know this sounds crazy, but Buffalo also hasn't been good against receivers. They're giving up 34.6 points per game to the position. This is I, I see Trent Irwin with a touchdown. Now, he's going to have to score a touchdown because he's not seeing that volume. But if he gets one or two touchdowns, I mean, he was wide receiver 13 last week. Trent Irwin, former child actor. Uh, has yeah, Really? Yes, yes. Yeah. Best known for his Kraft Velveeta cheese commercial. <laughs> uh, he's coming. Hello, Mr. Scampers. How are you? So, you know, it's interesting here, Bob. How do you feel about Trent Irwin? Because, like Nate said, the volume's not really there. So, it is a risky play. Bill's defense, very middle of the road the last month against yeah. fancy wide receivers. They're getting a little bit healthier in that secondary. So, it's been fun to see that come to fruition. <laughs> Can you trust Trent Irwin um, in a season long format this week, Bob? I can't trust him any more or less than I would trust, say, Isaiah McKenzie, Gabe Davis. I mean, maybe a little slightly less than Gabe Davis. But, I mean, you get the point. You're yeah. you're looking for pieces of great offenses that might go off, right? I mean, and he is a, turned into a piece that might go off. And what is an undeniably great offense, we're expecting a big, you know, shootout game. And I'm hoping that's the case. But that's why you're playing these guys. I mean, if you're playing somebody in the, in the on either of these teams, not named Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Stephon Diggs, Chase, Chase, uh, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, you know, once you gave Joe Mixon, okay, Joe, but once you get past that group, you're probably just saying, man, I just want a piece of this offense. I know I might not get, you know, the, a big piece this week, but then again, I might. 
Okay. Okay. We have Dame in the chat saying she played uh, Irwin in DFS a week too early. Happens to the best of us. We we're this all a week, a year too early. This is the sign of true fantasy players, which we know Dame is top fifty in the Scott Fishbowl, of course. Yes, yes. Um, but but the uh, but I mean, this is a sign of great fantasy players. Is we're always early. I mean, you know, everyone who was in on Juwan Johnson last year is looking at him this year, going, yes. that, that was that's the guy I wanted." Now, you know, so I mean, this is this is the, our nature, the nature of us as fantasy managers is to is to get on board players a little early. Don't give up on them too soon, people. Well, Bob, we can't thank you enough, not just for being here this afternoon, but I know Friday is a very busy day for you and you make time for us multiple times throughout the season. So I just want to take off my hat to you. Uh, Nate does as well. I mean, thank you so much for riding with us this season, man. Um, How can we best support you um, going into 2023, our friend? Uh, number one, uh, I show up here because I enjoy hanging out with you because you're fantastic people and uh, we'll continue to answer the call whenever it comes as best I can. And uh, the best thing you can do to support me is uh, I don't know that I actually need support. Wow, you should, I should be asking you that. How could I support you? Hey, man, you do. You do so much for us already, Bob. Just your friendship, your loyalty to the program, man. So thank you. We greatly appreciate it. So much. you guys are great. All right. All Let's right. get back to work, people. All right, we're going to go ahead and do that. Um, guys, this is the uh, well, one more Friday show next week. Mike, Sto- Mike Stoyanov will be back on with us. Nate and I will be back on Tuesday. Um, until then, I do just want to thank everyone for tuning into this program throughout the entire season. We're building a community here, and we could not do that without every single one of you guys tuning in every single week. So thank you. If you guys are new, please subscribe to the channel, and we'll be back very soon. Good luck in those fantasy football championships. Until then, guys. Thank you, and keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 